Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Whatever. And wherever you may be listening to us, you have your ears locked in to the Caps Lock, the Jair Shots Podcast. My name is Ed. I am your host for these festivities. And joining me as always, he is my arch nemesis, my tag team partner, and my very best friend. You know him from all around the internet, but you can only find his wrestling stuff right here. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Johnny Bananos. What up, buddy? How's it going? Well, it's going, man. Today we got a, well, we got a massive show. We're going to go a little all in. We're going to go all out. We're going to talk some payback, and then we're going to shake it all about. We're going to do the wrestling hokey pokey because Hulk Hogan's a liar. And then we're going to turn ourselves about because in reality, wrestling, that's what this show is all about, Dan. That is what this show is all about. That was a long-winded hokey pokey. Yeah, it didn't really work for me, but. We had to start out with something hokey because we got some sad stuff to talk about. Everybody's been talking about this. We're not going to spend a lot of time on it, but it has to be mentioned. Rest in peace, Bray Wyatt, Terry Funk, and WWE Hall of Famer Bob Barker. We lost all three within a matter of four days from one another, and um, it was nice seeing the tributes, wasn't it? It was wild. Yeah. Yeah. I, um... There was a tribute that I'm sure we'll talk about that I thought was very heartfelt. Seth using unexpected. Seth using Bray's side plates for the title on Monday Night Raw. Oh, um, have not had a chance to watch that yet with my new work schedule. Yeah, uh, definitely came out using uh, Bray Wyatt's side plates on his um, what do they call it? World Heavyweight Title, I guess. Is that what it's called now? Um, so. anyway. Everybody's been talking about that. We're going to let that all go, and we're going to talk about some other stuff. It's been a busy week, Dan. It's been a real busy week for professional wrestling, and it started on Sunday at All In in Wembley, where they may or may not have set an attendance record, depending on who you listen to, depending on what numbers you listen to. What do you think? Does this count? Did they set it? Did they not set it? I think this whole attendance record thing is a scam from all parties involved. I believe it's w- stupid as well. Yeah. From WWE to AEW to everybody. I think it's all dumb. The thing that gets me is the fact that I'm not AEW is not a publicly traded company. It's privately owned by the cons, right? But the WWE is a publicly traded company. So if they're releasing these kind of figures how is that not misleading the shareholders if they're wrong? Agreed. It just, I, I'm not a lawyer or anything. It just doesn't seem all that right to me. But let's start with All In. We both watched it, kind of, through broken pieces on streams that weren't necessarily on the up and up. But it started with MJF and Adam Cole defeating Aussie Open, Kyle Fletcher, and Mark Davis via pinfall to become the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions. What did you think of this, Dan? Um, I'm very interested to see where this story goes. I thought it was a very well match, uh, a very well fought match. Uh, I don't have many complaints from it. Uh, By the way, this is the first time that Adam Cole has held the World Tag Team Championships for Ring of Honor, 
He did win a number one contender lottery tournament with Kyle O'Reilly in 2011, but never captured those particular titles. So this is a, a first for arguably the greatest Ring of Honor wrestler ever. Can that arguably. be said? Arguably. I mean, he's not the franchise Jay Lethal, but still. Um, and then we start getting into some controversy. Hook defeated Jack Perry by submission for the FTW Championship. How much do you know about what happened here, Dan? Not much. Real glass was used, which pissed off CM Punk, who's the resident old man yelling at kids to get off of his lawn in AEW, apparently. Uh, and him and Jack Perry got into some kind of an altercation. There's now a, a story coming out that say Punk, after Punk's match, which was the first one on the official card, which came up next, uh, cussed out Tony Khan and said he quit. There's a rumor that he almost went to blows with Rusev or Miro or Miro, as, as he's called now. Um, so, yeah, there's also a story going around. Now, this is by Punk that when he landed in at Heathrow, nobody was there. He got a bad number for a car service. And he had to depend on the fans to get where he was going. Wasn't even sure where his hotel room was. So there's that. Honestly, it kind of seems like, and, you know, we're completely glossing over a pretty hardcore match. But this kind of seems like Tony Khan brought CM Punk back and is doing everything he can to get rid of CM Punk. I mean, do you blame him? He got the pop. He got the ratings. He got the new TV show. What is left for Punk now? What what is Tony? Just, what else does Tony Khan need from him? I mean, I also just uh, my personal opinion is yeah, we're gonna leave that up. Yeah, I, but, mm. yep. But one thing that cannot be disputed: whatever he does, people watch, people pay attention to. That is very true. He does have a. A cult of a personality, you would say. That was terrible. Do you feel good about that? I do. I do. Anyway, he defended and defeated Samoa Joe to retain his, quote, real world championship, which makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Like, why? 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 Why does CM Punk have a, quote, real world title? Haven't we seen this before? Didn't this exact same thing play out when he left? the WWE after that money in the bank in Chicago when he fought, when he fought John Cena. This is dumb. And I would almost guarantee you that none of the boys in the back like it. I mean, all 12 years and a, and a couple of months and it's the exact same thing. Uh, the, the matches so far weren't bad. I mean, I didn't hate anything. I really didn't hate anything on this card. Um, but I it, hate it, something. It became blatantly obvious that Punk and Joe, this match is 20 years overdue, or this match is 20 years past its prime. I I love I would have loved to see this match in you know 2006, 2004 even, but now these guys are what almost pushing 50. Maybe maybe a little late for that. Moving along, the Bullet Club Gold, because apparently that's a thing. Juice Robinson and Jay White with Take a Shitta, or 
Takeshita with Don Callis, Austin Gunn, and Colton Dunn. Gunn, excuse me. Defeated the Golden Elite, Omega, Ibushi, and Hangman Adam Page via pinfall in a six-man tag match. I've known you for how long now, Dan? Some might say too long. It, it definitely too long. But how long has it been? What? Five years now-ish? No, around about? longer than that. Eh, let's say five. Um, and I think we might be closer to like seven years of knowing each other at this point. Uh, that explains a lot, actually. Uh, when I first met you, this would have been your wet dream. This absolutely would have been you coming on in your pants watching this match if it happened in Japan. Yes or no? Uh, uh, I don't it would have. It would have. It would have. I don't know about that. Yeah, it, it absolutely would have. Speaking of matches that would have made you orgasm, FTR <laughs> defeated the Young Bucks via pinfall to retain their AEW World Tag Team Championship. Now, a lot of people say this was the worst of their trilogy of matches together. I thought it was pretty decent. Not great, but decent. What'd you think? I thought it was a good match. Uh, I thought it was a really good match. I just can't get over how you pronounce the dude's name. What? Konosuke Takeshita. <laughs> to be fair, I didn't say his first name. Takeshita. I, I got it, but it was just... It, every time I see his name, it looks like take a shit. Take shit up. But anyway, um, Eddie Kingston. Oh, Penta, God. What? Penta El Zero Media. Uh, the best friends of Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta and Orange Cassidy with Alex Abrahantes defeated the Blackpool Combat Club of John Moxley, Carl, Claudio Castignoli, and Wheeler Utah. Mike Santana and Ortiz via pinfall in a stadium stampede match that saw probably the most famous picture of this match, skewers coming out of the top of the head of John Moxley. You hated this and tell me why. This match was 21 minutes too long. It seemed very disorganized to me. It was disorganized. They didn't have cameras fell on the guys in the back. You had guys in the ring. You had guys in the back. They were in the back doing one spot, then they came back to the ring. The the skiers were obscure. There was no need for them. That was just kind of stupid in my mind. It didn't I don't make know. sense. This was one of those things like, like man, I thought I was going to love Mox in AEW, and I absolutely hate it. It just seems like he blades to blade nowadays. Like, it's blood, and that's it. Like, it, it really does. It really does. I thought this whole match was awful. Like, the fact that a women's match that I actually was looking forward to only got 8 minutes and 50 seconds. And it so was by the only time, women's match on the card. So by the time I actually was ready to fully watch it, it was basically over because I, I was still working during this time and i was on a call and i right. can't pause an illegal stream <laughs> well yeah it's true um there was a lot of just three people that i absolutely cannot stand in aew are eddie kingston orange cassidy and john moxley 
for various reasons. And all three of them were in this match. And I, I may be warming up to Orange Cassidy a little bit. But, I love um, Cassidy. I really do. I don't know. Maybe it's the way um, Justin Roberts announces him. Or the whole hands in the pockets thing and the and the like light kicks to the shin and everything. It just doesn't do anything for me. But once you get past that, he's a he's a great performer. I also understand that. Um, but I don't know, man. It's just something about it that I'm just like this. I mean, this match was awful in my opinion. You could have done it really anything. Was. You could have done this so many other different ways. But you you know you know why this match happened? Because this is a playable match type in the video game. And they needed a way to tie it in. Gotcha. Uh, uh one of the best moments, arguably, in of the entire pay-per-view, Soraya, also known as Paige, defeated Tony Storm, Sheeta, and Britt Baker, DMD. For the AEW Women's World Championship. Eight minutes and 50 seconds. You kind of already touched on it. How'd you feel? Was this, was this good for you? No, this match needed more. Not needed only that, more. this match deserved more. Like, remember when everybody was getting on the WWE Women's Division about not being booked properly? Oh, absolutely. Uh, all, those, all those AEW fans? Yeah, well, I mean... it. Let's talk about your women's division. I'm going to do some math here, so keep talking. Talk to me about the next match. Uh, This other match, like, this is another match for me that I was just like, "Eh, really? Darby Allin and Sting versus Swerve Strickland Strickland and Christian Cage um, with Prince Nana. Who? Prince Nana. Okay. Nana, Nana. I'm going to say again. Uh, but I didn't. I didn't really like this one either. The some of the spots that they took on the coffin, I just didn't understand. Like I don't under like I. There's certain things that's done in AEW that I'm like, why do you guys put your body at risk like that when it's not needed? The coffin drop that Darby Allen does on the coffin, off the top rope, to the outside of the ring, is absolutely ludicrous. There was no need for it. You want to know something else that's absolutely ludicrous? Do you know what Sting's record in AEW is since he got there? Uh, 2-0? 18-0. I didn't even know he wrestled 18 matches. Well, it's all the it's all the tag team stuff with Darby. But yeah, he's 18 and 0 in AEW. In his so sixth. It's, it's argue it's arguable that he should be in line for a for a title if, shot, right? If stats matter, yeah. What did you think of this one? Man, I just can't believe that you had these two gimmick matches get a combined total of 37 minutes and 30 seconds. It had potential. Oh, oh, I got a number for you to to just drive your point home. Are you ready for this? Overall, there was 173 minutes and 25 seconds 
of bell-to-bell wrestling action between the pre-show and the main card. That's a total of 10,405 seconds. Eight minutes and 50 seconds of that was the Women's World Championship match, which equates to 530 seconds. So if you take 530 and divide it by 10,405, you find out that 5.1% of this card was for the women. That's insane. And that's rounding up because it's actually 5.093704.9, etc. But yeah. Yeah. So there's that. Um, I thought this match had potential, but it's not over either. Because Swerve Strickland had dreadlocks outside of the outside of the, the coffin. So it, well, it couldn't have all the way closed. This match should not be over. Well, it's still going on then, I guess. Just just like um, Curtis Axel's time in, in the Royal Rumble. Um, Will Ospreay with Don Callis defeated Chris Jericho with Sammy Guevara via pinfall, which saw Chris Jericho sing himself to the ring, and then saw him after the match kind of shed himself as Sammy Guevara. Will Ospreay has declared himself as the best wrestler in the world, and it's hard to dispute that. And Don Callis, outside of Dominic Mysterio, may be the most hated man in professional wrestling. Chris Jericho didn't look too old once he stopped singing. But it's obvious he's not the Chris Jericho of old. And Will Ospreay carried this match. Dan, what did you think? Will Ospreay definitely carried this match. And I said to you, man, I would have loved to have seen him in early NXT time. Yeah. Um, Part of me still hopes that we get Osprey in WWE at some point. Oh, he's a maybe, free agent in a month? Maybe a la AJ Styles' point in his career, which Osprey's still way before that. Osprey oh, has yeah. verbally said he doesn't really want to come to the U.S. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. I mean, when somebody from Titan Tower calls, you, you answer regardless, I would assume. Oh, you would have to. Um, you know, you know, a guy in his position, there's seven figures coming. But I thought the end of this match was very interesting. I think we may finally see the Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara feud. Guevara was there in the beginning. The rest of his inner circle, Jericho Appreciation Society, whatever iteration it is now, has all kind of shed themselves of him. And then Jericho treated them like shit. The one dude that stuck by his side through this whole thing. Um treated them like shit towards the end of the match and uh is it ironic something we get that sammy guevara is being praised for his loyalty wait did he wait wait did he like was he with a girl and then yeah we're gonna let that we're just gonna let that one marinate for a little bit and move on but yeah so that was the thing. Um, so, yeah, let's let's move along. Um, Billy Gunn returned with the acclaimed Anthony Bowens and Max Caster as they defeated the House of Black, Malachi Black, Brody King, and Buddy Matthews with the so scrumptious Julia Hart via pinfall to win the trios championship. Congratulations, Billy Gunn, at the ripe old age of old as fuck although he still looks amazing, you are now 
a champion in professional wrestling. Dan, speak on it. I actually really like this match. Um, this was one of the better tributes, too. When uh, Oh, Malachi Black with the lantern, yeah. With the lantern, yeah. I thought that was really awesome. Um, well, there's certain things I can't say about this match. It was a good match, though. I'm going to say something. Uh, the whole scissor me daddy ass thing is the most cringeworthy thing I've ever seen in professional wrestling. I don't hate it. I dislike it greatly. I don't, I don't understand its appeal other than the fact it's a bunch of 14 year old boys that, Oh my God, he said scissor me and then said daddy ass. Oh, it's so cool and hip and yay. Stupid. But people like it. Who am I to judge? Just did. Wait, I was going to say, aren't we judging a show right now? But anyway, uh, the final match on the card was the 11th match on the card. MJF defeated Adam Cole with a roll-up for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. This one went to a time limit draw at first, which is just absolutely ridiculous. No, it and didn't. Then in, yeah, it did. No, it didn't. It ended in a double pin. Draw, whatever. Still ridiculous. You're right. You're right. Either way, it's still ridiculous. It seemed like it went too long. But in that 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 double pin, like, why? What are you getting out of that? Well, I was glad that that wasn't how the match ended. Because they people were angry. Um, it went 29 minutes. It wasn't, it wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. And then the whole Adam Cole being upset and then they stay friends, which it's kind of nice to see that they teased that splitting up and then they kept them together because it's one, it's the most entertaining thing on dynamite is them two being friends. And, and, you know, you brought in Roderick Strong to, because you could see the heel turn coming a mile away, and the fact that it didn't happen, Tony Khan did something right there, right? So this is what I actually really like about the way this is going on. This is something I'm going to actually give them credit for. Um, either one of these guys, you can see them turn heel again. So Absolutely. you really don't know who's going to be the one to do it and when they're going to do it, right. which is what – makes this whole situation really good. Like, I could see one of them turning on the other Why they're still tag team champions. It just, it can't happen on a random Dynamite. It has to be on a bigger show. It can't just be a random Wednesday night in the main event that those two just turn on each other. Maybe it happens this Sunday at All Out. We're going to talk about All Out here in a second, but before we... Before we get there, Dan, overall thoughts on the show. One out of five. If I take out the sixth match on this card, it gets a 3.7. With it in there, it's a three. And I feel like that's me being generous. I'm going to give it a four. Dude, the the stadium stampede match just literally. I'm not a fan of it. Literally ruined it for me. Not a fan of it at all. But 
top to bottom, it wasn't. It, this may have been one of the best AEW pay-per-views I've ever watched. Uh, just top to bottom, it was solid, with the exception of that one match that neither of us liked. But, I mean, they had a lot of room to improve. They could have done a lot of things better. You know, I, I don't like the fact that FTR and the Young Bucks were in the middle of the card because I think it kind of sucked some stuff out of there. I would have reversed that with the trios match. Um, I would have put the the Stadium Stampede match first and brought Punk and Samoa Joe later on the card. Um, the, there, there was a lot of hardcore stipulations here. Because, I mean, if you look at it, the FTW rules match, um, which got, you know, both guys got bloody. Um, the stadium stampede match, the coffin match, the house rules, no holds barred match. So you got four right there. And then, I don't know, it just. AEW. Yeah, exactly. I've said this before and I'm going to say it again. AEW is what Impact should have been without the talent that Impact had. Some of it, they do have literally the same talent that Impact had, Samoa Joe. But if you took the talent in their prime that Impact had 2002 to 2006, and you put them with the financial backing that Tony Khan has, Impact is right up there with the WWE. AEW is TNA with more money. Yeah, AEW is TNA with more money. Yeah, actually having a positive balance in the bank account. All right, let's uh, let's put Wembley to bed, and let's talk about what's going to happen this coming Saturday. We go from what's happened to what's happening. And before we get there, we have somebody coming back, Dan. Did you know that? Did you know somebody's coming back? On set on Friday. I did not. Have, have, have you seen the promos for this? Because I feel like it's been jammed down our throats for the last two weeks. John Cena is coming to Monday Night Raw. Oh, my God. Not John Cena. He has to be setting something up, right? You would think. For what, though? I, I don't know. There's There is rumors that he will be – or he's being advertised for every SmackDown between now and Survivor Series – and he will be appearing at the big show in India, which I believe is coming up in a week or so. Um, so maybe that's what it is? He's got to come back for just more than one show in India, right? Like, he's got to. He's got to. Do we see him go with Grayson Waller? Is that the next guy he tries to make, like he did Austin hey, Theory? Hey, uh, that's I, I was thinking about theory. That's right. I forgot. Cena's coming back to get that Grayson Waller rub. Maybe that's how he appears on SmackDown. He's on the Grayson Waller effect. I like and, it. Well, I got to thinking about it, and this is something that I'm kind of coming up with on the fly, so take it with a grain of salt. But if you look at John Cena got a bad rap for burying people, did he not? Oh, he did, for sure. Right. But you look at some of the guys that he made in his career. Like, guys were feuding with John Cena elevated them. 
in the main event status. Can be argued Randy Orton, Edge, definitely. The Miz, definitely. I mean, the list goes on. I'm I'm struggling to find names, but it seems like CM Punk, he gave legitimacy to him. He made Daniel Bryan without even facing him in a match. He gave him the yes chant, which still echoes through through arenas now. And it because if you remember, he's the one that started that. Before Daniel Bryan was a B plus player, John Cena got hurt. And John Cena was the one that suggested Daniel Bryan after the fans got behind him a lot. I think he gets a bad rap. It's it's like Triple H too, though. Like if you think about it. Triple H is known for burying people, right? It's kind of his thing. Yeah, I mean, it's all about the game. He's got a losing record at WrestleMania. That's He sucks. Well, that's that's your opinion, and you're entitled to be wrong. Let's no, talk. I mean, actually, that does shock me, honestly. Well, we got some more really shocking stuff that happened on today. And tomorrow as we record this late at night on the 29th into the 30th of August. But let's talk about what's going to happen September 2nd in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania at, is it still called PPG? Because I know Heinz pulled off of the Steelers place and now it's Askren or something like that. But it's still PPG Paints, right? That's Bro, I, I don't know. That's your Nicola Woods. <sighs> I, I believe it is still PPG. I believe it is still PPG. PPG Paints Arena. Yes, multi-purpose arena in Pittsburgh. So, yes, it is still PPG Paints Arena, and that's where Payback is going to take place. Dan, we're going to give our official picks right now. Are you ready? Do we have all the matches? We have six. Okay, let's go for it. Becky Lynch will take on Trish Stratus in a steel cage match. Uh, Who's your pick? That's got to be Becky. Now, Yes or no, does Trish Stratus's little minion get involved? Yes. Through the cage, underneath the ring, over the cage, weapons? Uh, maybe over the cage. I think we might see Lita here, too. Ooh, interesting. Seth Rollins will take on Shinsuke Nakamura for the World Heavyweight Championship. We both pick Seth. I just, I don't think it's... It just seems like this is a very mediocre build for him. You know? Yeah. And we probably don't have all the matches because Cody Rhodes is not on this card. Yeah, I, don't I don't think where he... I don't think Cody Rhodes I mean he, maybe he's added the KO and Sami Zayn thing. That's uh, yeah, I don't, that's I don't know. I mean, busy. The matches the matches we have I feel like are very predictable. We're only different on one, and that's because I forced. That's because you had your stuff in there before me. Yeah, I, so I, I, I didn't yeah. need chalk on everything. Um, it ain't the, it ain't the right time. It ain't the right time for Seth to drop this belt. Although they yeah. are teasing that back injury, so you know Shinsuke is going to work over Seth's back. And if that's if that is true, ugh. uh, Rhea Ripley. Speaking of backs is going to take on Raquel Rodriguez, who is pretty much, that's her gimmick, is having it back. 
Um, for the women's world championship, I don't see how Rhea loses this belt. At, I don't see how this match is even in question. Um, so I don't see how it's a question either. And the one thing I will say is, is um, they could have built up Raquel better to make this match. Agreed, but I don't think they had a choice. With all the injuries that are going down, I don't think they had a choice. Like, who's going to challenge Rhea Ripley for that belt? Once she beats beats Raquel, is Nia Jax coming back? I mean, we we saw Sasha Banks or Mercedes Monet on on AEW, so chances are she's not coming back. But she's injured anyway. Well, there you go. And then Bailey... Bailey's playing second fiddle to EO on Raw, so who else is really left? Alexa Bliss yeah, is having a, a baby. Everybody else is hurt. I'm waiting for uh, that's another one I'm waiting for the shoe to drop there. That yeah, we don't have that match on payback. So we're missing the Raw Women's Championship. We're missing Is there an Intercontinental Championship match? Nope, missing that. Although we may have gotten that we isn't that Gable and um Gunther. Gunther, isn't that? Do they announce that, or is that on SmackDown coming up? I don't know. It should have happened. If not, it'll happen at Payback. Um, I'm not. Gonna, I mean, it hasn't happened yet. So. Yeah, we're gonna go ahead and add it though. And I don't think either of us are gonna choose any different. That's Gunther's got to win yeah, this. You can, you can mark me down for Gunther. Yeah. So yeah. Um. So we can at least expect that one, maybe something from Cody. But anyway, um, this is another one where it's just it's painfully obvious. This card, with, feels very, this card feels very predictable. Well, it's mainly because they haven't built up it. The only match that maybe is in question is Becky and Trish. And the next match we're going to talk about, Rey Mysterio is going to defend... His United States Championship against Austin Theory. I went with Theory here because I don't know if I don't know how long they're going to keep the belt on Ray, but it makes sense for Ray to have this belt because that that's how they split up the LWO, right? That's yeah, that's why I, part of me wants to go Theory because I think we see the heel turn where they turn against Ray here. Um, but if they're making as much right, merchandise as, if they're making as much merchandise as what people say they are, you cannot break that up. Yeah, it's kind of hard to, if I'm being honest. So, the theory's got to win here, right? Um, I mean, no, I have Ray winning, right? He retains the title. Theory moves on the bigger and better. Does he lie, cheat, and steal? I think that's definitely a huge no. Man, I want to go with theory here, but I just can't. Like, I want to be different on one. Everything else is so. No, it's fine. It's fine. We can totally be different. Speaking of being different, uh, you haven't watched Monday Night Raw. I have not. Uh, but I I've seen the clip. You've seen the clip of the Miz impersonating L.A. Knight. Yes. It, it can be argued that the Miz did a better L.A. Knight than L.A. Knight does L.A. Knight. It was pretty funny. If you close your eyes, you can't tell the difference. 
Like it, it just the Miz is is amazing. He he deserves to have a better career than what he does. I mean, he's had a pretty good career. He's a two-time Grand Slam world champion. Sure, but how long did he hold those belts for? And well, and everything that LA Knight said was was correct. The Miz is known for his the most must-see WWE champion when he was playing second fiddle to Cena, and then the whole Mizdow stuff. Oh yeah, no, everything he said was true, and I, I loved all. I loved that. I thought that was hilarious. But if there's ever a case for somebody making a dream come true, Mike Mizanin, that guy deserves everything that he gets and then some. Like. Dude hit the jackpot in life. He really did. And more power to him. It's just... His comedy stuff is so good, but he deserves better with his... He he deserves to be taken more seriously. Does that make sense? I feel like that I mean, I think he's feuding with one of the biggest stars in the WWE right now. Up and... Can we really call somebody in their 40s up and coming? I didn't say up and coming. I said one of the biggest. And I'm saying he's up and coming. He's not one of the biggest yet. He's one of the most over. But he's not the biggest yet. And what is going on with Matt Riddle while while you haven't seen it? Matt Riddle and Drew McIntyre. Matt Riddle bothers me. I feel like it's it's a play on the... Exact. Um, the exact way like RK Bro came about. It's almost exactly the same way RK Bro came about. Yeah. It's just it's Matt Riddle bothers me. I don't like it. I don't like it. I wish they would have had the foresight to let RVD do what RVD should have done. Or they should have let RVD do what Matt Riddle's doing, and that's ha- be able to talk. But it is what it is. Uh, final match on the card so far that we have announced. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn will defend their undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships in a Steel City street fight against the Judgment Day, Finn Balor, and Damian Priest. JT McDonough's going to get involved, right? You would think so. Which is the only thing that has me worried about the prediction of KO and Sammy winning the belts. Mm, I get that. But is this how he gets in? I mean, here's the thing. Like, I also see an implosion between these two. Absolutely. Well, the thing is, we know this is not going to be the main event. The main event has got to be the world championship match since we're not going to get Roman Reigns on this card. We'll talk about that here in a second. But still, like... Oh, surprise, surprise. I can't run the rings in the car. Hmm. But... Is it possible that Damien tries to cash in here, then costs him the cash in, and then they still have to be in this tag team match? And then maybe Finn and McDonough kind of... This is Finn breaking away from the Judgment Day to go with McDonough and they become a tag team and 
and it, we get a Finn and Priest rivalry where they, they induct somebody else into the Judgment Day. I'm just spitballing here, but uh, I mean, what you're saying makes sense. I don't know who else is getting into the Judgment Day, but maybe Braun Brecker comes up. That'd be an interesting uh, tag team. Now you're. Yeah, now I'm, I'm. I lost it. I had I had such good role going, but I lost it. And the final match that we don't have. Well, we probably got at least the the IC title with Gunther and and Chad Gable. It's sad that this is Chad Gable's shot, isn't it? I feel like he deserves better than this. Uh, I'll be honest. I think this is a great start for him. Um, because this was I mean this he's been a joke for a while. I don't think you can just throw him in. Has he been a joke though? I, he, he's been so? comedy, obviously, but I don't think he's been a joke. The WWE has never shied away from the comedy stuff. It is absolutely needed in professional wrestling, and I dig it. And some of the greatest moments we have are Kurt Angle being a comedy guy, you know, wearing the little cowboy hat, coming out with a milk truck, uh, you know, whatever. The Daniel Bryan and Kane, the hug it out stuff. Some of my greatest, the stuff I love the most in professional wrestling has been the comedy stuff. And him and Otis are perfect for each other. And the tasty Maxine Dupree added in there is just fantastic. But still, it's sad because we know he's going to lose. And he absolutely deserves a singles run. And I know... Well, I mean, that's, the, that, that's one of the main issues I have with this. With what? With the way the titles are right now. Um, because you have, in my opinion, the only real belt that is up for grabs that we feel like is, has a chance of even changing hands is the U.S. title. Is the U.S. title. Well, to be fair, we don't have the, the cursed belts are on the line with Dewdrop and, and, and Chelsea Green. But those belts have taken such a beating. Do we even? I mean, well, that's. that's do, I mean, do they? Should they even be on the pay per view? Right. So we don't have that match yet. We don't have whatever Cody's doing yet. Is Cody and Cena maybe? Surely not, just for payback. No way. No. That's got to be a SummerSlam thing, right? I would think so. Or a main. Uh, well, it won't be Mania because he'll win. He'll beat Roman at Mania, but still. I get what you're saying about the belts, though. I mean, I'll be honest. This card just seems very... This card seems, seems very unhappy. I'll be in Hawaii and can just view the results. I mean, I'm going to watch it because I'll be at work and have nothing better to do, but it just... Meh. Not excited about very much of it. Speaking, yeah. of, a, speaking of something I'm not excited about... I will say, though, I will say, before you move on from that... Sure. I feel like we've been due for a letdown pay-per-view card because the cards have kind of been bangers of late. 
the WWE could put on the very best professional wrestling card in the history of cards on Saturday, and it wouldn't matter. I mean, that's very true. Because of Sunday. And then we're going to talk about this coming Sunday, where we're going to All Out in MSG. It's not in MSG, it's in Chicago. Um, It's in Chicago, and we probably won't have CM Punk, because Jungle Boy Jack Perry... He's not Jungle Boy anymore. He's just Jack Perry. And CM Punk have been suspended pending an investigation. Is it a work? Is it not? I don't know. But you can't have a show in Chicago without Second City Savior. AEW is going to try to do it anyway. Over under five different times we hear CM Punk chants. Ten times, maybe. Dan? Over. 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 Yeah. Uh, there are right now five matches announced for All Out. The Luchasaurus with Christian Cage will defend his AEW TNT Championship against Darby Allen and presumably with Sting. Anything on this? Nope. I'm be honest, not interested in this match. Miro is going to take on Powerhouse Hobbs. This is going to be a good match. Big meaty men slapping big meaty meat. Or whatever Big E said. No, that gets you excited. Oh, rock hard, man. Uh, I don't care. Chris Statlander is going to take on Ruby Soho for the AEW TBS Championship. I feel like this title is nothing without Jade Cargill. Duff, I agree. And what did they do with her after she lost the belt? She left. Yeah. So, uh, do we even need to announce our picks for this? Because I don't think it matters. Because I'm not going to watch it. Are you going to watch it? No, I'm not going to watch You're it. You're going to be in Hawaii. Yeah. yeah. Um, Orange Cassidy or Penta El Zero Miedo will take yeah, on John Moxley for the International Championship. And I don't get how Orange Cassidy could not even be involved in this match. Yeah, what does that even mean? Like, do they have a match on Wednesday or something? Maybe, but aren't they, weren't they just tag team, weren't they just, aren't aren't they, I don't know, it doesn't, whatever, exactly, whatever, Um, I don't think it matters, Mox is going to win it, and then Kenny Omega is going to take on Takeshita with Don Callis in a singles match, just because, with nothing on the line. Well, this is the Don Callis, right? because that was his boy for so long. So I guess you got to assume that this is uh, his get back. Sure. Honestly, after All In, I'm going to watch Dynamite tomorrow. I need to set my DVR to record Collision, because I haven't yet. I haven't watched a single episode of Collision, and I should. Um, Kind of burn out. I don't see how they're going to make All Out any kind of good. Right, like, why are you doing cards on back-to-back weekends? Well, what? you have five pay-per-views a year, and you're going to burn two of them on consecutive weekends. That's, I mean, I was so confused. Welcome to Tony Khan's AEW, man. Um, let's put these babies to bed. Let's move on to my favorite part of the show. And, Dan, I told you, that the 28th or the 29th and 30th of August, uh, the, a lot of big stuff happened. 
on these two days. For example, did you know in 1988, this was the debut of SummerSlam from Madison Square Garden after an injury to his original opponent, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, which caused by an injury after an attack by Ron Bass, Intercontinental Champion, the Honky Tonk Man, demanded someone to wrestle. He didn't care who. The call was answered by none other than the Ultimate Warrior, who dispatched the Honky Tonk Man in 31 seconds to win his first ever title in the company and end the Honky Tonk Man's record-setting reign as the longest Intercontinental Champion of all time. Does it strike you that Gunther is a week away from breaking that? No. In 1992, this SummerSlam was the first time any WWF pay-per-view had been held outside of North America, and it took place at Wembley Stadium in England. So does it strike you odd that AEW held their first pay-per-view really close to the same time in the of the year that the WWE did? I think that one might have been a coincidence. Uh, apparently just over 80,000 fans, while the exact number is unknown, uh, you happen to know what the main event of that one was there, buddy? Uh, talk to me. Uh, Davy Boy, Bret Hart, Intercontinental Championship. It was amazing. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Uh, in 1994, SummerSlam was held in Chicago, Illinois. This year's main event saw The Undertaker take on The Fake Undertaker, who was managed by Ted DiBiase. Elsewhere on the card, Bret the Hitman Hart successfully defended the WWF Championship against his brother, Owen Hart, in one of the greatest steel cage matches of all time. If you go back and watch that, it still holds up. And that is amazing. Uh, Other things around sports that have happened, three really big things. Uh, In 1977, St. Louis Cardinal Lou Brock eclipsed Ty Cobb's 49-year-old career stolen base record as he stole number 893 in San Diego. It would be the following day, a lot of years before then, in fact, it would be in 1905 that Ty Cobb would make his debut in Major League Baseball. So how do you like them apples, Danny? In 2012, the U.S. ADA, their claims were the sole reason that Lance Armstrong was stripped of his seven Tour de France titles. And in other news about, you know, potential damage to your body, the NFL agreed to pay $765 million to settle class action lawsuits from thousands of former players who developed dementia or other concussion-related health problems, they say, were caused by on-field violence. The settlement, unprecedented in sports, applies to all past NFL players and spouses of those who are deceased. Consecutive years, 2012 and 2013. On August 29, let's move on to the 30th since we are now officially in the 30th. The 10th SummerSlam took place in Madison Square Garden. Making his pay-per-view debut was none other than Edge who fought in a mixed tag match where he joined up with Sable to beat Mark Merrow and Jacqueline in 1998. 
Elsewhere on this card, Triple H beat The Rock in a ladder match to win his second Intercontinental Championship. And Stone Cold retained the WWF Championship against The Undertaker. So, Dan, five names, it could be argued, are five of the biggest names of that era, aren't, or, or even in professional wrestling. It's, and they were all on the same card. We were spoiled as hell in the 1990s. I was just kind of a thought then. 1998, really? You sure? I mean, my parents thought about me a little bit. No, they didn't. In 1999, the following night on Raw after SummerSlam, The Rock and Mankind, together known as the Rock and Sock Connection, defeated The Big Show and The Undertaker to win the WWF Tag Team Titles. August 30th, 1999, big day. Uh, you want to talk about big offensive outputs, Then I came across this, and I thought, this is insane that this happened twice and on the same day in history. In 1987, Kirby Puckett went 6-for-6 six six with four RBIs and connected for two home runs and two doubles to lead the Twins to a 10-6 victory over the Milwaukee Brewers, who were then playing in the American League. Edgardo Alfonso of the New York Mets in 1999 also went six for six. He clubbed three homers and drove in five and had a major league record tying six runs scored in a 17 to one victory over the Houston Astros, who at the time were playing in the National League. Crazy that two players went six for six on the same day, separated by 12 years. That is nuts. That is insane. So that will be the end of this one for the Caps Locks and Chair Shots podcast. As we brought broke down three pay-per-views in a matter of a week. Big, big time for professional wrestling. Have we seen have we seen this much money being spent to watch professional wrestling? Because this is a lot of pay-per-views. AEW's run two. The WWE's got a PLE. I would love to. Um, I would love to see the the numbers compared to the two for uh, pay per view buys for AEW. I'm sure I, Dave Meltzer will have it, and I'm sure it'll be uh, juiced. Oh, um, we'll we'll see. He hasn't released his star his star numbers yet. Be on the lookout because if if the, he'll release them before we record one more show. We're going to talk about them a little bit, whether it be a wrestling show or not. Um, what you can expect from us, I'm eventually going to get them all edited and get all four of our divisional recaps posted. Our off-season recaps of all eight divisions, four different shows, north, east, south, and west, in whatever order I post them in. Of the NFL offseason, then you know what you're going to get next week, guys? You're going to get our official NFL preview show. We're going to give you records. We're going to give you award winners. We're going to give you fantasy sleepers. We're going to give you stat leaders. We're going to give you so much stuff that you are going to be sick of hearing our voices if you aren't already. You're also going to get an NHL preview. 
as we are skating toward the beginning of the NHL season, you're going to get an MLB playoff preview as it looks like the division races and even some of the wild cards are set up. You're going to also find out who went where as a bunch of big names got put on waivers today, especially by the Angels and Yankees. You're Harrison gonna... Bader's not a big name. What's that? Harrison Bader's not a big name. He is to me. Mm-hmm. Although, that's since he cut his hair... Sub, that's because you root for a sub-500 team. I don't want to hear it. Your team hasn't been above 500 in, a, in two decades. What do you mean we were above 500? Definitely before two decades. Like two years. And Anyway, that's neither here nor there. More about that later. We're also going to tell you who got cut at the NFL today, as this is the second bloodiest day in the NFL. Well, really, no, it's the bloodiest day because I don't care about Black Friday for the for the or Black Monday for the head coaches. Do you? Oh, yeah. Th- this is the worst day in NF- in the NFL year because the hopes and dreams of a lot of guys ended today. But hey, there's still the CFL and the XFL and the USFL. It's a good time to be a football player. There's a lot of options if you don't make it in the NFL. Anyway, that's going to be all for us. Dan, do you have anything else you want to add to this? Uh, I would never want to be Doug Peterson's son. Yeah, how do you get cut by your dad? Woof. Um, we're also going to give you a bonus show, and I may do this by myself. I don't know if Dan's going to want to do it or not. We're going to break down the hunt, the NFL.com ranking of the 100 best NFL players. Some of these ratings are pretty shocking, but we'll get to all of that and more on the upcoming editions of the Players of Name Later podcast. As always, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to thank you all for listening. And just remember, wait, that's not right. How does this end, Dan? Oh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen. I got it. I got it. I got it. As always, if you're not down with the Caps Lots of Share Shots podcast, Dan has two words for you. Keep listening. See ya.